Hello and welcome to the FEZ Show. It is the 7th of May and we are probably in the slowest Newsweek informally of the lockdown so far. So there is not much to talk about apart from probably the eSport event on Saturday because thankfully in the UK tomorrow is a bank holiday. So we've decided to take the day off. So joining me to talk about nothing is Edward Hunter and Jack Pickering. Morning boys. Morning Jack. Well, let's see if we can talk about something. <laughs> Yeah, Jack's just waving. He's just, he's not even, he's like... Well, you said speak about nothing, so I'm speaking nothing. So, yeah, that's that's one way That's one way to go about it. Obviously, not much has happened this week. Obviously, we've sort of broken the news about Scuderia E yesterday, Ed, um, and obviously them trying to enter the championship, speaking to three teams, but we've sort of made the majority of the news and the rest of the news that's sort of come out, we've already discussed in length. Um, so there hasn't really been much new happening this week. No, I guess not. We had our magazine that came out, uh, features on Alexander Sims and Oliver Rowland as well, which you can read on our website, formulazone.com slash magazine. But, um, but yeah, it has, it has been a little bit slower. We haven't had any kind of big, uh, big comments from any drivers or personalities within the sport that have shocked anybody to their core. It's not been particularly controversial, of course. It's the cheapest. Uh, waiting for this... Uh, the third round of the um, race at home esports challenger from Monaco, but apparently it's going to be wet at some point. We've got to give a round of applause because that plug for yeah, the magazine. Definitely, well done. Have we well you forgotten that we've done the magazine? <laughs> oh no, yeah, the magazine is out. Obviously, it features um, Alexander Sims. We go into depth with him, and Oliver Rowland. Obviously, goes into the crazy thing. But what a plug! What a plug! Like a a a star there, a star, a star. So. Obviously, there wasn't a press conference because this is what we were banking on, actually. So we were banking on a press conference and obviously being able to speak to said drivers and get their opinions and, and find out about where we could be racing if, if Jamie Regal was on there or Alejandro Gag, anyone with any formulary relevance that was on that press conference. Um, we wanted to speak to try and find out some information about what's going to happen about this event and and what its future looks like because at this precise moment no one actually knows because obviously jack and i know you're not a big fan of this you know we're going back to monaco so we did monaco in the test race but now you know you could argue and, and i said to myself even before you know we could when before the championship started we could go back to monaco because it actually hasn't been a championship event we just used it as a test race probably would have been really good to use the test track as the test race because that sort of makes sense it's a test track for a test race but we use monaco but we're going back to monaco i know you're not a big fan of it but you know there isn't much else where formula e could race at this precise moment not really no i, I it's it's very annoying that we are going back to a race that we did two weeks ago but um yeah as you said it wasn't a championship race this time it is and so yeah i do see uh, i i do see how that makes sense there but um yeah, I'm still not overly a fan of it. If they were going to go back to Monaco, I would have preferred it to be later in the season. So then we still would have had a variety of races before we go back to Monaco. Uh, the fact that it's wet is just so so artificial. I, I hate it. It's 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 worse than the idea of sprinklers that Bernie had for Formula One about a decade ago. But um, but yeah, I, it's uh, I'm not a big fan of just going back to tracks and if Nicky Shield says at about quarter past five on Saturday evening, next week we're going to Hong Kong, but wet. I, 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 I'm not going to be a happy boy at all. That's the thing, right? We, we're going to find out very soon what Formula E intentions are 
for this race at home champion for the final couple of races ed because you know that's what i'm thinking as well imagine let's say this monaco wet race and we'll talk about the weather side of it in a moment but let's just say they do this wet race and they go you know what that was so good that we might as well continue it again but this time at hong kong and i'm like no don't do that because we can't just go for you know that was so great maybe we should do hong kong and leicester and then that was their big plan to just do the tracks again in the wet like i think we're gonna find out what their intentions are because i if they do that i think that's just committing sim racing suicide um if they but if they if they do stay something in terms of we're going to be racing at this track or we're going to be racing here or if they say on saturday more news to come on where we're racing on Monday or something like that, then maybe that fuels what we've been fueling for weeks about this DLC. I could see them though, even if the race at Monaco is like, uh, it's a horrible race when even in the wet and nobody can overtake each other. Uh, and they'll say, wow, that was an amazing race. Let's do it again at Hong Kong in the wet. And just, I can imagine, I can see them doing that to be honest, because they're, they're kind of, uh, this doesn't feel like something they would be particularly flexible on. It's not like, oh, uh, the weight in Monaco didn't work. Oh, so we'll just go to Silverstone or Nürburgring, like you said in a previous forecast that the uh, episode rather that it would just the tr- the track lap would be too long for Formula E and it would end up having to rechedge the broadcast like we saw in Leicester with the sim races qualify their qualifying session got cut and in the whole melee of that. So, so yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I I'm not going to hold my breath, but you guys. Uh, my uh, uh i'll hold now for it, obviously so we'll see who ends up being right i guess i kind of want to be wrong though the thing is that's what we were talking about so that's the key issue about what formerly's intentions are jack in terms of are we going to be racing on formerly tracks because they're small or are we going to go and actually race on these bigger circuits now as i said we went through the r factor 2 list in terms of the big name tracks that they've got on there you've got silverstone zandvoort malaysia um, you know, there, there isn't that many to choose from actually that are factors we've made, but obviously those would be long. And obviously with the format that we have of 15 laps, the elimination process, because they've set up that format, they can't adjust it. So if they wanted to go and race on Silverstone to fit everything in, they can't just say, oh, we're going to race at Silverstone, but we're going to reduce it to 10 laps because everyone's racing anyway. No one's going to get knocked out because they're doing this 15 lap elimination race. You know, you have to do 15 laps. So therefore 15 laps around Silverstone or Malaysia it's going to be so long. Oh yeah, Malaysia will take about two minutes twenty to get right. I think I think MotoGP only do two minutes around there. So and I'd say Formula E are probably about the same speed as Moto Two, Moto Three. So it so it would be it would be relatively long to um uh, to go around those tracks. But maybe maybe Zandvoort might might make sense because uh it's not it's uh it's not um it's not as long. You know, I, th- I think it's only about a one minute 20 lap uh, for for F1 cars. So it'll only be about one minute 35 for Formula E cars. It's, it'll, it, it's, it still makes it quite long. But the thing is, as uh, as you said, you, uh, you ran me through how many tracks R-Factor have actually done um, uh, just before we recorded. Admittedly, I've forgotten all of them. But yeah, the, you only listed about nine before... Uh, before you said the rest of them are just like mods that people have made so so yeah there isn't much really to choose from so hopefully Formula E get their fingers out and actually start doing some stuff and fingers crossed we'll be racing on somewhere that isn't Monaco, Hong Kong or Leicester uh, in a week and a half 
Exactly. Like for for me, I, I they're not going to race on somewhere else who's created a track. And I the only reason I mention those tracks is because R Factor Two, Studio Three Nine Seven, Ed have made those tracks. So if they were going to go to somewhere official, then those would only be the types of tracks that they would go on. And there are some other tracks that R Factor Two have made, but I've not heard of them. Jack didn't have never heard of them. They're obviously somewhere in the world, but and R Factor Two have decided to make them. But I can't see them going to something like the Botna Ring, which I don't know what that is, and our fact to have made it, but I don't think that's going to attract many fans going to attract them, possibly no one's ever heard of. Yeah, but we had the same issue with Leicester, and I guess the thing with the Leicester circuit was at least it was made specifically for the Formula E cars, even if it did end up being a bit of a crash fest. Uh, Formula E was at least they were get some mileage out of that first chicane, it could be a drama, you know. It's obvious that there aren't enough tracks for Formula E use, but you, you sort of don't want them to see them admit that. And by and I think by going to just some random track, that might sort of show that they're kind of almost admitting defeat. Like, okay, we got nothing. This is this is this, this does what's around. Let's use this. And it would just feel a bit clapped together, I guess. No, that's what I mean. Like, that's why I think the DLC is is important, and I think it's coming because. We don't know when, obviously, Formula E decided to do this sim racing venture. They might have decided very quickly, to be fair. They might have realised, oh, look, Formula 1 are doing this. We need to do this. And then they would have gone, ah, we don't really have any tracks to do anything on it. And therefore, they would have had to have phoned R-Factor 2, probably, you know, let's say they did that in March. And they would have phoned R-Factor 2 and said, look, we need something. We need these tracks. Could you potentially make these tracks for us? So we can then go racing, say, in two, three months' time. And, you know, they could have said, yeah, fine. But, you know, they're not going to be ready till May. And they, you, maybe Formula E Jack said, fine, that's fine. We'll start our event, you know, mid-April. And then hopefully by the time we, we'll, we've got these tracks which we'll use, and then hopefully by the time we get to you, you know, the pack will be ready. Yeah, quite possibly, um... Yeah, I've just I'm just hoping that that is the case, and that we don't uh, and and that we just don't go round in circles with these three tracks. Because the thing is, we've we've got eight rounds. So once we've done all once we've done these three races in the wet, we've still got two rounds left on the final on the final weekend of the championship. And so, yeah, what uh, we 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 will need some tracks for them definitely, but um. Yeah, I've got everything crossed that we won't be going back to Hong Kong, we won't be going back to Leicester, and that we're going to see some new different tracks. And yeah, there might there might have been a delay in terms of getting this out, which is why they said we're going back to Monaco. But yeah, fingers crossed. Next week we're going to a brand new track. I hope so. I really do because we obviously need it, and it'd be great for Formula E fans. So, you know, it gives them a reason potentially to buy R-Factor 2. I think there's a lot of, you know, bonuses for R-Factor 2. Um, actually, like, producing a DLC because people will then buy R-Factor 2, which is £25. Then have to buy the Formula Repack, the original one, which contains Hong Kong and the Gen 2 cars. And then might have to buy Monaco as an additional purchase. Plus this DLC, you know, you're looking at 50, you know, 50 quid at least per customer for just a Formula Re fan to get themselves started on R-Factor 2. So... I think it, you know it could be a win-win for for them, uh, Ed. Yeah, you've got to think. That the only thing is, are there really that many Formula E fans? Is the problem there, and that's probably one of the reasons why Formula E have 
struggled really. Like a lot of people were saying, oh, why don't Formula E release their own Formula E game? And the, the, A, there's, not, there's no real developer, there's no game making developer in Formula E. The best they've got is like the Virtual Live people who do the ghost racing app, whatever it's called. Uh, and the second thing is that I, I, don't, I still think, even though Formula E is a lot more popular than it was when it started significantly, I don't think it's quite enough to sort of justify like F1 levels of, um, of a, you wouldn't get, I'd say, as many people driving this mod, uh, the RFXC stuff, as you would in, say, F1 Esports Pro Series, where the attendance, and you've got all the different leagues, where you've got some, I think, is it AOR, Apex Racing, or whatever, have like the, um, yeah, they have at least like five different sort of uh, ladders. So, like you have a tier one, tier two, tier three, all the way up to like tier five or six, so, which are like the entry level tiers and stuff. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's a, a formula is a long way away from that at the moment, in my opinion. For me, I honestly think that, you know, there would be some people that would buy it, obviously. Like straight away, Jack said if if, if something came out, he'd buy off Factor 2. He'd be one of those fans that would go out and do it. So I reckon there are fans out there. Yes, it's not on the level of Formula 1 and, and how many people would probably buy the F1 2019 or even the F1 2020 game when that comes out in June next month. So... I think there would be people there, but it is an, it's an interesting argument, Jack, that um, what Ed makes in terms of, you know, has Formula E actually, you know, built up a significant fan base? Because, you know, we're watching the Twitch streams and, you know, the, the numbers aren't great. And obviously there are some of those Twitch streamers who are watching the drivers, some of the Formula E fans, sorry, who are watching the drivers. Um, but when you look at, you know, the Twitch stream, it had like 2,000 odd views. You know, it's, it's not, the numbers haven't been too great. No, no, they haven't. And uh, one one thing that definitely isn't helping is that um, with with the timing, we are also going up against uh, the Formula Formula One broadcasting classic um, classic races, and so yeah, that that uh, that may get more attention. A because it's Formula One, and B they're showing the good races of Formula One, which um, which are crazy. Like so, like Brazil. 2012 a couple of weeks ago so yeah that's 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 always going to have an impact on what we're doing um but may the the thing is they could change the time slot because the thing is that formula one did kind of get there first with with that because they started doing this a few uh, they started doing the reruns a few weeks before that but may uh, I'm, I'm not sure if they want to do it but maybe time shift it by an hour so then uh, no no we can't because then because there's the race all-star trophy after that. Okay, I don't know what I don't know what they want to do with that, but um, uh, but yeah, the the, uh, the whole timing because there's so because cause we're in this situation, there's so many things that you can watch. Um, it's yeah, it's not it's not fantastic to to have like so many things running alongside. I mean, I've watched, uh, I've had um. Uh, I've had the last few weeks the F1 race up on here, but focusing on my laptop, which has the um, which has the uh, Formula E uh, sim race on. So yeah, I've been watching both. I suppose, and it's you know, it's great that the motorsport community in terms of Formula One and Formula E are doing all these events. So you know, it keeps our Saturday occupied. We can actually stay indoors, you know, not go outside and mix with you know friends and family and stay inside. And actually, not you know, not catch COVID nineteen, and actually do something, and have something to look forward to, which is great. But you know, when things collide like they do, it's it's often not great. But in terms of like moving forward, I think obviously a DLC would be great. But you know, 
what will happen. We still don't know. We, we're no brighter than we are because there was no press conference to actually ask the question. So we're just going to have to go into Saturday and think, pray our fingers crossed that something interesting is said on the coverage that makes us go, oh, that's where we're racing. Oh, I've got something to wait for on Tuesday. Fingers crossed a DLC, if that is what they like do, for example. But let's move on to this weather thing, because obviously we're in the wet, and that's sort of like, okay, we're going to Monaco, but it's not dry, but it's in the wet, so it's slightly different than the test race, Ed. So, uh, but personally, I don't think, you know, the wet will make much difference. Like, I've driven on the wet on R-Factor 2, it's pretty much the same. Like, and obviously on, on, on Formula E cars, it's all road ties, so the grip's still pretty much there. It's just that, you know it's just a little bit slower yeah i guess so um yeah it's not like the car suddenly starts anchor planing off the minute a drop of water lands on the track it's uh yeah i i think uh, in the original r factor game they didn't have reins this is one of the big new things that they, that they put in the studio 397 put into r factor 2 so i i've i've seen some wet driving and in, in particularly like older cars from like the 60s and 70s that they have in the game they tend to slide out at the rear a lot more. Whereas the Formula E car, uh, like you say, it's got little wear of tires. It clears the water a little bit easier. So it's it's not going to be like, it's not like they're all going to go into turn one and slide off by default just because it's raining. Uh, so it could, it could potentially maybe make um, going to some of the braking zones a little more interesting. Like there is that, the chicane that gets turned into the hairpin. Uh, so that could become a slightly more viable overtaking spot, uh, but you're still because of the way the track is at Monaco, you're still going to see. I think people barging into each other to get past because it's so narrow, and there isn't really any way to properly overtake without cleanly at least anyway. Yeah, but the thing is, what surprised me, Jack, is that you know I've taken part in the qualifiers, and the qualifiers it's bone dry. So I'm like, it begs me a question: is how they're going to make this rain? Is it going to start wet? And it's going to be, you know, wet the whole way through. Or is it going to start dry and maybe get wet towards the end? Like, you know, they said, you know, what Nikki Shields actually said didn't actually state that it was going to rain through the whole race. So we might just see rain towards the end to try and spice it up. Yeah, that that, that is a possibility. Um, if if it is, then the, I mean, I'm still not fussed by the fact that there's going to be rain. I mean, I I, I don't get the point of Oh, it's going to be wet, but if you want to qualify for the race, it has to be dry, uh, and I don't, I don't really understand why they've done that. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big uh, as as you've probably been able to tell over not just this show but Monday show as well. The fact that they're doing it whilst wet is a stupid idea, and uh, I don't like it. And so they should go some other tracks. Yeah, the enthusiasm there from Mr. Pickering is just like off the chart, like unbelievable enthusiasm for this weekend's race. Like he is so looking <laughs> forward to it. Haven't you? T- I mean, couldn't you tell? He is so looking forward to it. Um, the thing is, right? I understand why Formula have done it. I know it doesn't sound great, and they're trying to make it sound different to what the test race was. And it goes back ahead to you know. Formula E sort of abandoning the sim racing, um, which we've discussed about at length before, because, you know, something like COVID-19 has made them go, right, we need to do something because every other championship is. And I still believe Formula E, I know we've got the the, the sim racers, uh, but, you know, we're talking about the influencers and we haven't really had a major influencer in there. Obviously, 
we've got some great drivers like Alexander Lin, uh, Simona Di Silvestro, who, who have turned up and, and have done great jobs actually in those sim- as as art sort of like influence and test races. But you know, you've got the likes of now Lando Norris doing the Australian V8 supercars. He's done the IndyCar. We still haven't we haven't gone big. We haven't really tried to get big influence or try and get a big name who wouldn't normally drive a Formula E car to drive one. And, you know, to quote Lando Norris, because I've been watching a few of his Twitch streams, because it's interesting to see how he does in these events. You know, he says it's great to drive against these drivers simply because, and in these cars, because normally you don't get the chance to race against these drivers and pit yourselves up against these drivers. So I, I honestly think if Formula E went asking, that, you know, people, you know, would come knocking and say, yeah, all right, we'll come. You know, you've got the race. You've got Jack Nichols and Dario Franchitti in the race. You know, why not get Jan Magnussen driving in the sim race? Why not get an Emmanuel Pirro driving in the... Why, why not get a big name to actually just come and drive? It's on the same platform. Yeah, I, I, I can see your argument there. I think if I'm, if I'm playing devil's advocate here, looking at it from Formula E's point of view, it could be that they don't want to attract the same kind of audience that Formula 1 has, and that's why they've gone for influencers like, I don't know, Jimmy Broadbent, Mike, channel who have sort of got audiences that view them on youtube and view either they're streaming or they've got like a chat show like we do or they just do top five lists and stuff like that sort of easily fairly easily digestible content but um and the, yeah we haven't really had any kind of we've, we've got a couple of you know vaguely it's, it feels almost like they're kind of trying desperately to fill out the slots in the uh, sim races race like, uh, it was great to see Alex Lynn, Serena Di Silvestro, etc. But then you see some of the other, especially near the back, you do get the sense sometimes that Mike Ginelli, a guy does his best, but he's not really on the pace with everyone else. And uh, you've you got to think, you got to think, so you, I mean, you just bring an audience in. It's not like, you know, massive audience, like, say, someone like Lando Norris might have, uh, particularly. And yeah, I, I personally think they, like, I agree with you. Jack, they should switch tact and get try and try and get your Max Verstappen's, your Lando Norris's, your George Russell's, etc. Uh, interested in you know at least taking part in the A Formula race. It would at least sort of bump up uh, the viewing figures a fair bit. But at the but same time, I can see it from their point of view, they they don't want um, to just associate themselves and invite that comparison with Formula One. I guess is that something, Jack? So I just think that moves us on nicely to our to our next topic about you know. Has Formula E, with this sim racing thing, only really attracted the core Formula E fans? You know, with their set having all 24 drivers. And in, in the sim race, you know, the sim race is just there, really. The main event is the 24 drivers. So you could have the sim race, in a sense, or or was it wrong for them to, to attract the 24 drivers so you can allow? Because at the moment, you can't allow... And, and you know, legend old drivers, current F1 drivers to actually race alongside um, Formula E drivers because the grid is full, which is great. And I love that the grid is full. But at the same time, the grid is pretty much full in IndyCar. The br- grid is pretty much fuller in, what is it, uh, the V8 supercars. Like, they've all got their all their championship drivers in there. And so do we. But there's no harm in actually upping the card numbers to 26 or 25 and having a special guest come in and actually race in in a Formula E event in 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 that in the actual driver's race. Yeah, no, that's it's basically what it's basically what I was about to say. Why not have two spare cars? Um uh, why not have two cars? This is twenty four hours after I said don't uh, don't allow any more teams into Formula E. But um 
But yeah, for this, I will allow a 13th team in Formula E and make it, uh, yeah, just yeah, just have two special guest seats race. We see, um, uh, we've seen in the F1 virtual race, we've seen Thibaut Courtois, we've seen Ben Stokes, we've seen Ian Poulter, and um, about 20 minutes before we, uh, uh, 20 minutes before we started this recording, it was announced that Man City player um, Sergio Aguero has now been confirmed for Rebel Racing this weekend. That's pretty damn cool. Just like seeing like all these like top flight footballers coming in and 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 just people not from Formula for not not from Formula One just have a have a go at doing this and yeah I think it's a great idea. Um, we've seen we've seen and I'm not suggesting this happens, but Rita Ora was uh, Rita Ora was on the show a couple of weeks ago, but so um, doing some stuff for UNICEF. So maybe get some UNICEF ambassadors um, to do um, the to do a race or something uh for just for the fun of it and it's raising money for the charity that they are ambassadors for exactly. i think kind of trails off at the end there but yeah Felipe Massa is exactly. a UNICEF ambassador actually he's um, also a driver yeah, <laughs> yeah no, so no. we don't need we don't need to drag him in <laughs> he's already here <laughs> no but you know it's amazing when you think about the formula one event and you know you've got all those names and now you've got Sergio Aguero, Thibaut Courtois you know two footballers and two people that you'd probably never imagine were even formula one fans you don't know because you, you, we haven't had this opportunity to find that out about them and there might be some professional sport athletes out there who are fans of Formula E, who think, you know, I'm a fan of racing and I really like Formula E. You know, Nico Rosberg, now I know Nico Rosberg is a massive advocate for the championship, but obviously it'd be cool just having him on the grid. And obviously Sky F1, when they were doing all this, you know, they sent Jensen Button a sim rig and they were sending Nico Rosberg a sim rig. So we know there's a sim rig coming to him. And obviously Spain's restrictions have been, you know, lifted slightly. So I, I don't know if he's received that. But, you know, I'm pretty sure if former Marie got on the phone to Nico Rosberg, they just did an interview with Nico Rosberg, Jamie Regal and Alejandro Agag recently on Nico Rosberg's YouTube channel. So even getting him in... To, to just race one of the races, a Formula One world champion, that'd still bring numbers across. It'd still bring people over. And, you know, attracting that audience, and that would then attract the Formula One audience, which I know, Ed, you said, you know, they shouldn't really go for, but I think they have to. They have to go for it. Because if they don't go for it, then what fans are they attracting? They're just waiting for new fans to appear. But where are these new fans going to appear from? You need to go into the community that is still attracting new fans today in Formula One. And actually bring them over and say, look, Formula 1's great. Brilliant. Love it. But there's also this. And I'm sure you'll love this as well. And you've got to bring them over somehow. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, know, I know what I said earlier was more sort of trying to get into Formula E's shoes and sort of, right, what's their, what's their point of view and why they've done the approach that they have. And I agree that it's flawed that you, you, you go for this esports audience and they've been doing it for years as well. Like um, at the actual Formula E races, they've been fighting. I don't know, Aria or whoever, just to come over and drive the car at Buenos Aires. Like, uh, and then he would do a video on it and then that would be it. Like, they would sort of like, oh, I got to drive a Formula car. That was cool. Anyway, back to cool 50 billion Call of Duty videos or whatever. <laughs> and it just sort of shows that maybe this gaming, the, this sort of, they, they always sort of assume that this gaming audience would flock to Formula E and that's not really happened. So maybe they should change tack and go for Formula 1 as well. But the, of course, the problem there is, again, that you've got these two similar things. And Formula E, they consciously wanted to avoid that comparison with Formula 1 because if you did, then it just, 
people just go, oh, these cars are so much slower than, than Formula One. They haven't got the same grip as Formula One, blah, 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 which is kind of not really the point. But uh, yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, WEC, for example, great series, doesn't have the same grip as a Formula One car, doesn't have the same, well, you could say that's have the same speeds. But if you think GT Pro, they don't. And GT Pro is probably the best series in WEC, in my opinion. And but I'm a you know I would say I'm a form, I'm a racing fan, and I'm a Formula One fan. I was a Formula One fan before I was any other racing type of fan, but just because it's a great racing series, you know, I I started watching it. Formula E is exactly the same, you know, Formula One fan. Then became you know enjoyed WEC. Now I'm a Formula E fan because it's great racing, and you know I think you know if you go after the community that's already there, you will win people over. If you don't go into those influences and start talking to them, Jack. You know, you're never ever gonna you're never ever gonna break in. No, no, and yeah, I, I could yeah, I completely agree. I mean like I grew up watching Formula One and I never really ventured out for any anything else until I was maybe about eleven or twelve when I properly got into motorsport because I had other obsessions before that. But still um uh but still yeah I think they do need to yeah, they need to pinch some Formula. They need to pinch some Formula One fans, and uh, and uh, and the thing is, one thing one thing that I do know is quite a lot of um, Formula One for, uh, UK Formula One fans had actually booked to go to the London E Prix. So the the fact that that's off is hasn't helped. But I think uh, I think once people have like been to a race, they they they're now involved in this bubble. Uh, and this bubble just keeps on getting bigger and bigger. So annoyingly, we can't really do that because of the scenario. But I think, um, uh, but I think with 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 something like this, they did. And uh, but the, as I said, the fact that Formula One and Formula E are clashing at the same time on Saturday afternoons, that's not helping either. So you you you're trying to attract the fan base, but you're also trying to take them away from what they're currently doing. Yeah, and that that's the thing, right, with Formula E. They just they really they just need to attract fans. They need to do something that would actually, you know, bring people across. We're not take telling people don't watch Formula One, watch Formula E instead, we're the future, we're the ones that are gonna be relevant. You know, there is a world where we can all, you know, coexist Ed. Exactly. Yeah, it's not one or the other. There's they're different series and they provide uh, obviously, you know, different things. Obviously if you want to see some of the fastest cars in the world, you watch Formula One. If you want to see some of the most you know, cars that are pushing limits of energy efficiency, you know, electric vehicle battery technology, you watch Formula. Also, you know, street greats, lots of great street circuits and places that you wouldn't see racing normally take place at. And uh, obviously, that's not a, not such an attraction for our factor. We can just race anywhere, anyway. But <laughs> but yeah, um, so so I agree with you there on on those points. For me, just to wrap this bit up, it's, it's, to me it shows how important racing in cities would have a core motorsport values and, and really like motorsport. Like obviously the United Kingdom, Germany, Brazil, places like that where there is such an already a core fan base just for racing. You know, there's a historical aspect of it and racing in those countries is so important to Formula E because then at least you're attracting like the Formula One fans who would then watch a form go and buy a ticket to a Formula E race because it's you know ten times cheaper and you you know you get the whole day you don't miss practice qualifying the race you get it all in one day it's all over and then you know you, they become Formula E fans they become fans of the sport as well and then you get more eyeballs more people looking for Formula E news and then just 
looking out for Formula One news that they do every five minutes, which I know so many people do. And if you check Google Trends, you'll see that. If we put Formula One, Formula E, it's night and day the difference. It's like Formula E doesn't even exist compared to Formula One. Can I make just one comment? Uh, I never thought I'd see the day where uh, the Jelly's Race Marble Run, the Marbula E videos get more views than the uh, Sim Racing. Yeah, but that's unique, isn't it? It's just a unique thing, but still, that is a fantastic way of sort of getting people into Formula E. Yes, it's a marble race. It doesn't look like it has anything to do with Formula E, but... You know, it's still about Formula E, so then people might be intrigued to actually then go on and look about and look up the series and see what it's about, especially for kids. I think it's a great way to get kids involved, and I think you know what Virgin have done has been an amazing achievement. Now, boys, we're fastly running out of time on an episode that we thought we had nothing to talk about, so I think we've done pretty well. So let's just get some race predictions in. It's obviously it's between three people, in my opinion. Um, is Van Dorn finally not going to crash on the first lap? And win, or are we going to see Maximilian Gunther do it again, or is Pascal Verline Jack is he just going to trump them all? Well, I was correct last week with uh, with Max Gunther um, because I was boring and just went for the same winner who had won the last two. I am going to shake it up this week. Uh, I am going to say Pascal Verline. Uh, I, I I just think he might do quite well. Oh, there he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> As if on cue. Um, no, uh, I, I think, yeah, I think now I, this is, he's very swiftly caught up to the pace of, of all the other, uh, of, of all the other drivers. So yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say Pascal Airline this weekend. Yet more evidence that Jack Pickering controls the universe. Okay. So um, I will predict, uh, I'm going to go a bit outside of the box here and go for Robin Frines for the Formula E drivers race because he came second last time out. He's pretty good in the rain. So if it does rain as it's as advertised, then I think that that's going to suit Robin. And for the sim races race, I think Peter Brilljack is going to win for Neo. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to say um, Stoffel Van Dorn. I'm going to go for Van Dorn. I believe in you. I believe in that Belgian. Okay. The waffle as he's called. Stop uh, and turn <laughs> my, my, my predict yeah probably um my prediction to vote for a podium an outside bet who won't be from those top three is going to be mr oliver Rowland, who is also very quick in the practice sessions always in the top five but obviously seems to struggle in the qualifying and then gets lower down the order you know a bit of a monaco master let's see if maybe that can come out um on saturday so boys thank you so much for joining me we managed to fill to fill the episode yeah, ciao, ciao, yeah. Jack. <laughs> right. Our longest episode. It probably is our longest episode on an episode where we thought we'd have absolutely nothing to talk about. We actually got into a really good argument, actually, I think, about the about Formula E and how there's probably still so much work that they can do in order to attract fans. But anyway, boys, thank you so much for coming on. You have been watching the FEZ show. We have a new Discord group, which you can put in the description below. So go check it out. Got a great community there. Want to build up the community. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.